Hello, and welcome to Digital Artcast, hosted by Gordon Neal. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Procreate, the most advanced painting app ever designed for a mobile device. We'll be discussing the app a little more later in the episode, as well as giving away a free copy. But for now, let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the Jalartcast. Um, back with another interview today. Uh, we're speaking with the amazing Mark Molnar. So, Mark, hi, thanks for joining us. Hey guys. Hey, hey. Um, so, this will be uh, another attempt me and Mark have had to start this interview. He's been a very busy guy the last couple of days. Um, a new baby has arrived. Yes, Mark? Yay! Yay! New baby boy. Baby Just boy. Just two days ago. So. Yeah. Oh, I never asked, have you gave him a name? or? Yeah, it's Mendel. Ah, oh. M-E-N-D-E-L. All right. Oh, cool. A name, a name I'm not really used to. Of course, we're in Scotland, so it's more English-based names, I think, across here. So, yeah. But um, interesting when obviously when I first learned about you with your name being Mark, because I think Mark's quite mm. a traditionally yeah. English name. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Cool. So, uh. So yeah, just a, a quick kind of run back. Um. Maybe talk about your studio um what you're doing currently um as an outsourcing studio and then maybe jump back a bit and talk about how you got any concept art okay so yeah i i currently i'm i'm a lead concept artist at uh, at the studio but i started with one of my uh one of my friends uh uh it's called pixel a studios we are basically doing pre-production design and and concept art for uh, movies, uh, animation productions, uh, TV series. Blue uh, is doing like 80% concept art probably, like uh, from uh, character design, creature design, costumes, set design, environments, and everything. And uh, that's that, that's what we do mostly we're doing a bit of illustration work on the side and also uh, a bit of uh, work for post-production like uh, visual effect design uh, animatics uh, a bit of matte painting like basically all sorts of uh, mainly 2d a bit of 3d digi- digital digital art yes yeah. uh, and uh, Beside that, I'm I also uh, I'm also doing a bit of illustration work. But so I've done a lot of a lot of illustration for hobby game companies before, and I sort of kept some of those work on the side. But mm. so all the works, but I cannot really channel through the company. Yeah. So what is basically is doing illustration is that's that's more like attached to a person because yeah. that's why they call they call me because they want that particular style what i do yeah yeah so so i kept those works and and i'm doing like far far less than before but i'm still doing uh, book covers and interior illustration and some yeah some card illustrations on the side 
because you've done stuff um, for Fantasy Flight and stuff for Junior yeah, I'm, as well. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm still uh, working uh, for Fantasy Flight games, but I, I, I've worked on a lot of IPs for them, but I but now I'm, I'm only doing uh, like Star Wars uh, and uh, and the Arkham in the Arkham universe. That's that's their horror horror game line. All right, yeah, yeah. Uh, from the Tulu yeah. Tulu world and and doing like Star Wars illustrations mainly for for cards and the X Wing line. I've always so. wondered as well with the the June stuff you were pursuing. Was that for some kind of reboot of the series, or is that? Really yeah, either. that's yeah, that's that's. I'm not sure when it's going to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already finished everything basically, but that was a massive job. I I, I basically started that. Uh, I think, I think more than a year ago. Right. It was a bit ambitious <laughs> because. <laughs> uh, were you the only artist working on it? I take it, or. Oh, sorry. Were you the only artist working on it? I take it the time. Were you the only? Well, artist? it's it's uh, so it's basically it's going to be like uh, so they're going to republish uh, the whole series of June books in the ah, next right. five six years. Right. Uh, from the very first one till the I, I think the first five or seven books. Right. Or, okay. or five or seven books, uh, and uh, and each each book's going to have a different illustrator. Right. And I was I was doing the first one. I think Mark Simonetti was doing the second one. Oh, Mark, yeah, cool. Yeah, but uh, they 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 wanted to to do the first one like uh, as as like a really special edition. So because originally when we started to talk about it, it, the plan was to do like four or five illustrations plus interior illustrations plus the cover, right. and we went and we went up to. 10 or 12, 10 interior illustrations uh-huh. and one cover created and one uh, like a, not like a chapter plate, but yeah. so it's something like a, like an interior. Ah, right. Yeah. yeah. I know what you mean. Kind of I'm, like I'm, not sure, I'm not sure it's like a title page. Yeah. I think it's going to be like a title page. So kind of like a splash page, page, page like, thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a double spread and I think ten or twelve interior illustrations plus the cover. Mm-hmm. These are all done digitally and painted with oils. All right. Also, cool. so because I I wanted I always wanted to try out these techniques to to move back and forth between digital and traditional mediums. Ah, right. Oh, so I basically okay. I started traditionally like doing sketches and inks and everything, and okay. then scanned those in. And do some color roughs and printed those out, painted them further, scanned them in, finished finished them to about eighty percent digitally, and then paint, printed them out in a in large in large size on canvases like archival canvases and finished them with oils. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. So it was a really long process, but yeah. But I think I mean it was a great experience, and so. There are like 12 paintings like this, and there are like another extra 10 paintings what are digital and just portraits. Wow, yeah. Plus, uh, plus there will be another like four or five illustrations what are what are created previously, but we thought it would be a nice addition to the book. So all in all, it's going to be like a, a limited edition with nearly... I think nearly 30 full color illustrations. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. So it's, so it's going to be massive and 
And I think the first 500 books going to be signed as well. So. Oh, wow. Oh, great. Yeah, I'll need, I'll need to keep my mind that. I've got, you know, I've, <laughs> literally, my, you know, my bookcase is right next to me in my office, and um, like yours, and uh, June is one of the books that's sitting, you know, I can see it here. You know, I've got one of the, the reprints when it was like all of the books, or the first three or four in one in one pressing. Um, yeah, I've always been a fan of June. Um, I mean, it's like, it's like just sci-fi you need to know, um, especially when... I was in the workshops recently, and I went to John Harris's talk, um, mm. and which was mind blowing. I mean, truth be told, I, I actually didn't know who John Harris was until I sat down and listened mm. to him, which mm -hmm. was which was crazy because people were like, "Oh, how can you not know who John Harris is?" Like, I knew who Sid Mead was, but um, mm. yeah, John was amazing just to listen to because obviously all his work is traditional. You know, like you, you would look at a lot of his paintings and think, "How are you achieving that detail?" Like there was one he done, I think he. he he actually revisited it. He told us he revisited it for a recent show, and it was one he done years and years ago. And it was like a the bottom of a ship, like a freighter, um, mm. with other ships passing below it. And the detail working with like oils was unbelievable. And I'm thinking, how are you achieving that without any map photography or you know speed painting or like you'd be literally just on canvas? And it blew my mind. And it was funny though because. When he went back to the piece that he had, he'd redone that picture for a, a recent art exhibition, and um, he took away nearly all of the detail because he was talking about how um, there's a whole process now in painting that's lost about mystery, how things should be left to the imagination and not every single mm. detail should be painted. Um, which is why I think your stuff was always attracting me because your stuff feels very painterly, like it feels like that, like you said, working traditionally, and mm. especially with the June stuff, I could kind of see that. I was thinking, how is Mark painting that digitally when? You can almost see the brushstrokes in his work, you know, and that's, yeah, that's. Well, well, it's it's probably comes from uh, from my traditional background because I I, I started uh, I started painting and doing illustrations traditionally back when I when I started out. So I so I went to like an art high school first, and and then from there I I ended going to the Hungarian University. I'm, I'm from Hungary, so. I went to the Hungarian University of Art and Design. It's, it has a different name now, but it's basically the the main uh, design university in Hungary. Right. And uh, but uh, but it was I think and it's it's pretty similar uh, everywhere or in most of the countries in Eastern Europe that the art education is a bit different than uh, than in Western Europe or in the in the UK or in the States because. Uh, because in the states and in the UK, uh, the courses and the and the design uh, schools are much more specified and much more like uh, how do I say that? It's much more design oriented and not necessarily uh, coming from the arts Painterly side kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 you know. Yeah. And but okay, we we had to learn typography and we had to learn uh, uh, design and. Uh, graphic design and mm. stuff like that but yeah. but we also had to learn uh, art history we also had to had to learn anatomy mm. uh, all, all sorts of stuff we, we have we had to go through a sort of traditional art training before yeah. starting any any design related thing yeah. so so that's why I, I, I I started drawing traditionally, and and also we we uh, okay we, we started to uh, at uni we started to use Photoshop mm -hmm. and and other softwares as well. But 
it wasn't really about painting. It's more about putting putting together the designs and things like that. So, yeah, yeah. so I'm I'm an old fart. So this, <laughs> this so this was like nine in two thousand. So I, I went to uni in two thousand. I think. So it was 2000 when I when I started using Photoshop probably around two. No, wow. I, I used I used Photoshop I used Photoshop earlier in mm. in high school, but that was like Photoshop. I don't know. Wow, like two get, point oh, yeah. one or something. So it, you you yeah. couldn't really do much with that. So you've probably been painting uh, in Photoshop as long as Craig Mullins has then, because <laughs> he was literally at ILM with John inventing Photoshop, painting with a mouse. So I mean, no, you've got to be one of the few. Really. I, I actually, I actually, I was, I was starting painting with a mouse, but then I, one of my friends bought this, uh, bought one of the. It wasn't Wacom. It was, I think, uh, a genius. Right. Tablet. All right. Like the, the first I, I was blown away that yeah. you, can, you can actually use a pencil. Yeah. So to to paint and, and draw in draw digitally. So that wow. was so basically I, I started this whole thing somewhere around probably around conceptart.org started. Wow, so like yeah. two thousand three ish, three four, two thousand three. Those go forums and stuff, yeah. Yeah, and before that there were like forums like Cigeon. Yeah. Um, like I haven't really posted much on CGN, but I was I was just lurking around and following all the CG hub all, and everything. All, yeah. all the big guys like yeah. uh, Sparth and and Levy and oh, Nic- oh Nicholas man, like <laughs> oh, that guy's patents just transport me when I see it. Oh, it's ridiculous. Like his whole work in Halo has obviously been legendary, but his individual <laughs> personal work is like oh my god, Nicholas is. Mm. Oh, such an amazing artist. Yeah, one day, one day I'll meet him. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's that's how how I started, and and uh, the the funny thing was that I I I, I always uh, I always had to had to work beside school. Mm-hmm. So I, I moved away from my parents when I was eighteen, mm-hmm. um, because I went to some in in a kind of a it's like a polytech, right? Yeah, or something like that. I'm I'm not sure because the, I mean the school system is a bit different here right. than that in. In the UK or, yeah. or, or in the US, so mm. so it's basically a school between uh, like a like a high school and the university. So it's like kind of in between. You can you can learn like a like a college plus, almost. It's like a college, but it's only like two years, and you get and you get a degree. Yeah, maybe probably a college or a polytech is, is that's the closest. Yeah, we're the, we're the same because after high school we have the option to go do what's called an, a diploma, which is two years, and then that gets you straight in university. So. Yeah, but the, but the difference is you you don't so here if you go to to a school like this you you don't really get a get a diploma you just get like a certification so if you go right. to learn like a graphic design then you're gonna be like a certified graphic designer I just say something yeah yeah and then so it's so it's like a college is 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 more like the in in my mind the college is more like the first level of of the university, if, if if you know what I mean, but this is this is totally a separate thing. Yeah, totally. So I mean, were you so once you done your university studies and you were kind of like finished with your art degree, did you walk kind of straight into industry, or did you did you enter? Well, that's first? Uh, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to wanted to talk about before. Yeah. Is so it's like I also I always had to work beside beside school because I'm not from a 
particularly poor family, but I'm, but I'm not really from a wealthy family. So my parents couldn't really support me when I went to uni. Hey, you disappeared. <laughs> I know, sorry. I just had to dive there just because the dogs were rotting out. I know, I was trying to do the thing, like, keep talking, I'll be back. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so basically I, I started freelancing uh, during uh, university. Right. During my university years, and I was I was also at the beginning I was also doing a lot of like super shitty jobs like working in back houses and and stuff like that. But yeah. but after I, I uh, so, but then I, I started to get sort of small freelance jobs, mostly graphic design because I because I went to need to. Uh, so my, my degree is in visual communication and in graphic design. Oh, me too. But in our uni, the graphic design had two parts. One of it was more like uh, illustration and the other part is, was more like design oriented. Right. So I, I was always more interested in, uh, in illustration, but I, I, could, I could make money from the graphic design. So I started to do like uh, logos and all, ca- all kinds of corporate ID design and, mm. and website design and stuff and stuff like that, and uh, and lived lived basically from so I paid my rent and paid my bills from that yeah. during my university years, uh, and then when I discovered uh, digital art and, and concept art, I realized that that shit I I, I just want to do this and yeah. but I I, I I didn't have any clue about how or yeah. how to start because I mean I think we are the younger guys nowadays uh, are in a really great situation because you have a shitload of tutorials online, yeah. uh, mentorships, online courses, books, yeah. everything. And back in in uh, like fifteen years ago. Jesus, it was 15 years ago, 14, 15 years ago. You, <laughs> you yeah. see, I'm old. But, but yeah. we had we had nothing, so yeah. we just we just started to experiment, and we started to. Uh, I think conceptart.org and and the and the forums section of conceptart.org that was the only platform where you could go for information or for anything. Yeah. I mean, plus you plus you had the, the DVD extras. And yeah. Oh no, totally. I mean, like the the whole reason I left my job in two thousand and ten, eleven was because of watching stuff like the Halo three making of or the God of War three making of. So mm-hmm. um, that was basically what, what drew me in the industry, and then art books, obviously, as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's probably I think concept art has exploded through art books because I think with the you know the special edition stuff on the internet, I think the whole job has just became a, a life on itself because you know talking about you know, some of the guys I knew way back when was, you know, the, the person who'd done the art for the game was the person in the office who could draw the best. Mm. It wasn't particularly just an artist. It wasn't just an artist's job. It was a programmer who was really good at sketching. You know, he would get to do yeah, the, the yeah, art exactly. for the game. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, so you've done these freelance jobs. you picked up, you know, yeah, kind of and, momentum. Uh, and uh, so what's happened is, basically, I, I've uh, I've done my, my master... Uh, so it's not. It wasn't really a thesis because we had. Uh, so here at uh, I think the system is, is still the same. But so we had to we had to create like you have to you had to create like a masterpiece 
SEO, SEO for, for your final exam. God, a masterpiece. That's a high standard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds, it sounds weird, but it's really, so it's like, uh, so it's not, it's not, it's not really a thesis. So you have to create an actual right. thing. So a practical be, piece. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm just, I'm just calling, I'm just calling it a masterpiece because yeah. that's, uh, that's how you get your master master's degree. Right, right, okay. So it was for you, it was a painting. You done a painting. For uh, you, no, I actually, I created a board game. Oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's quite cool, actually. Yeah, I like that. It was, uh, it was really cool. It was a fantasy board game. It was, uh, if you know the Warhammer games, the miniature games. Yeah. It was it was similar to to those, just just with uh, just with a much simpler uh, rules. Basically, I worked with a worked together with a game designer for like seven months to to build up the rules. It was basically like a fantasy chess. So I imagine, oh. like a like a chess game, what what like in a in a fantasy world, the actual the people who are living there would play in a pub or something. Oh, cool. So like like let's say in the world of Lord of the Rings, that's that's what that's right. what people play in pubs cool. instead of chess. Something. Nice. Basically, I, I designed everything. So you had like two teams of like goblins, mm. different goblins figures, and you had to you had to collect small crystals on a field, oh, wow. on a table. So <laughs> oh, that sounds interesting. Well, anyway, it was it was a really fun experience, and uh, and after that, because I, I was so I was already freelancing, and uh, and basically, I just I just. After I finished uni, I went to straight to full-time freelance, and because I already had a couple of clients who I could start to work with, right? And that's 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 pretty much what happened. And uh, and about maybe six six months later or something, I started to work for, and later I started to work for a company uh, for a game company in New Zealand. And uh, and then uh, they were really happy with uh, with my work mm. as a freelancer, and then they wanted to hire me full time. Yeah. So I basically I moved I moved to New Zealand in two thousand six. Wow. Yeah. Well, Which would be a better job as well, because that's like the other side of the world for you. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was it was funny because I already spent one year in New Zealand before, like three years, three years before. I take I take one year out from uni, yeah, one year break, and uh, just just to travel and mm-hmm. uh, learn English a bit more. And so I okay, so yeah. I went to, I went out to New Zealand, but that was that was earlier and haven't really done yeah. much art related stuff back then, but. Right. But then uh, I, I was hired by this by this game company after my graduation and uh, yeah and is that was and that's, so they were hiring to work on that across there yeah so they were they were developing basically like a like an MMO FPS kind of game right uh, but it was uh, it was a bit of a bad bad timing because they were uh, so it was just before before the recession right and oh, uh, right, yeah. And when I moved there, everything was going fine. But after that, the recession hit, and and after like a year and a half or two years, it reached the company as well. So we had to, I mean, they had to close down. I, I left before they actually closed down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I stayed another 
I think six months in New Zealand after that. Yeah. Uh, I was I was doing freelancing, so I went back to freelance again, mm -hmm. and I was doing uh, hobby game illustrations and right. uh, worked at Weta Workshop as well for oh, a wow. bit. Yeah, yeah. But that was that was a bit of a tricky situation because uh, they they invited me to for for a short period to work there, and mm -hmm. then uh, but that was before they started shooting the Hobbit movies. Oh wow! So that all all the concept design was basically done for the Hobbit. Right. And but that was there was some kind of legal mess mm -hmm. uh, behind behind the Hobbit. So. Originally, Guillermo del Toro would have directed the the Hobbit movies. Oh my and, God! <laughs> but they, yeah, yeah, that would have been awesome. That would have been amazing. But anyway, uh, but anyway, what happened is because there was some kind of legal about copyright stuff, uh, buying the books between studios, and I, I wasn't sure. But basically, they just. They finished the pre-production, but but the time just went on and on and on. And and Guillermo said, "Okay, look, I, I can't because he was waiting for to to start to actually start a movie for like three years." Right. And and he said, "Look, guys, I'm I'm out. I, I can't wait any longer." Oh, yeah. And 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 that uh, and that was the actual time when I was there. So and they so the the, the three movies didn't have a director. They they didn't know when it's gonna start. Wow. And they said, uh, look, Mark, we were pretty happy with your work and mm -hmm. I think you're a great fit to the team. And But we don't know what's going to happen in the next three months. The Hobbit is uh... probably going to start and then everything is going to kick in. But it could be a month, it could be three, it could be six. Uh, yeah. so, anything. so I just said, uh, Look, and plus uh, there was the side, uh, the other side, the family side. So yeah. my wife really wanted to uh, move move back to Europe because uh, her her uh, she had some some problems on her family side, and right. she was worried and wanted to be beside her mother and yeah. stuff like that. And then they decided, okay, it's if, if it's if it's nothing certain, we just can't wait. Yeah, you need to go back. Yeah. yeah, so we decided to go back to Europe. So we moved back to, to Hungary mm -hmm. for a short period. And then I, I was also went out to LA for for like four months mm. uh, and then moved back. And so it was like, I, I was like moving back and forth between mm. overseas and Hungary, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the latest biggest move what I've done, uh, I was, I, I still think it was accidental, but I was hired by Ninja Theory. Oh, cool! Uh, <laughs> uh, it was it was really funny because uh, I didn't I didn't really look for a job back then. Right. So I was I was I was absolutely flooded with freelance work. I was breaking my ass off, and but time to time. Uh, uh, recruiters uh, called me or emailed me that if I would be interested in being in a position or not. Right. And uh, and there was there 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 was one uh, about this position, but I 
but they always they always tell only this these vague things you know mm -hmm. okay look there's there's a triple a company who's looking for an experienced guy and mm -hmm. you know i think he would be a good fit so you don't really know what company what kind of what the game is and stuff yeah what the game is or you, you don't know nothing and mm. and i just i just said to to her uh, it's a really nice nice girl by the way i mean to recruit her yeah uh i just i just told her look i'm i'm super busy i i can't do anything you you can apply forever but just just download my cv from linkedin and uh, what what i can show from my works but are not under ndas those works are on my website yeah so just just your save, save save down a couple of, couple of images and yeah and that's it and and then she disappeared and i didn't hear anything from her like for i don't know i totally forgot about the whole thing yeah and then suddenly i got a phone call Hey, you're gonna have an interview tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, cool. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? What company? What? Yeah. Who are you? So it was like just just out of the blue. Yeah. And then it's uh, probably because I, I because there 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 wasn't any pressure on me right. to to get the job. Right. Uh, I somehow managed to to get through that interview and then get through another interview and get through another one, and and then got the job at the end. So it was. <laughs> so so you were working in theory. Was that for the Hellblade project that just came out? Well, basically they hired me. Uh, I don't think I can I can still talk about the project because mm. uh, because of NDAs. Uh, they hired me for a different project. Uh, what was put on hold by the publisher right after so I, I moved there and it was the project put on I, I, I went there to be uh, the lead concept artist on that project and right. to and to build the concept art team together with the with our directors mm -hmm. but that project got basically cancelled oh, so. you got the worst luck mark <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine I just moved there like after like six weeks I just rented an apartment put down it yeah moved all my stuff there and was like, okay, the project is cancelled. God, <laughs> on my trial, On my trial period and everything. And I, wow. I asked, oh, look guys, uh, what now? And that's, and that was the point when we, when we started to work on Hellblade basically. Cool. Right. Okay. So, so it was, so I, I, I stayed there and, uh, I stayed at Ninja till we basically finished the, the, the whole pre-production of, of Hellblade. Mm -hmm. So, and then, uh, uh, family reasons again, I had to move back because my, my wife couldn't, couldn't move to the UK. It wasn't like, uh, visa things or anything. Mm -hmm. It was just, uh, my wife's sister had a, had a really dodgy divorce and, uh, mm -hmm. And she really wanted to to be beside her. I mean, yeah. my wife wanted to be and to support her sister and yeah. to move her the two kids and yeah. etc. Yeah. So I just she just couldn't move to the UK, and I we were doing this long distance relationship for like more than a year, and it was just crazy. I mean, yeah. I mean, living living in another in another country, and nah, it was just it was just too much. Yeah. So. So, that, but, I, but I didn't. I didn't wanted to leave before before we actually laid down the foundation for the game. So, yeah. 
so I waited that, and then then I moved back. Fuck yeah. Which I think is is just on a side note is a crux of this industry. I think it's it's probably more or sorry less um, prevalent now because of internet and email and, and Skype calls. You know, like I mean, obviously I'm talking to you and through Skype just now, and it's easier for me. But um, I think a couple of years back, even maybe even 2010, um, you had to go where the work was. You know, you had to move wherever the job was at the time you couldn't work freelance you couldn't work from the house uh, well uh, i think it, it depends on the actual work because yeah. what i what i see is so usually they are uh so mostly uh, uh in the game industry you 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 have to be in the studio and it's okay they they are arts art sourcing some artworks as well and uh, they are sourcing like uh, pitch development so they ask certain artists to, to develop uh, the base of a vision. For the patches and stuff, but, yeah. But the actual, uh, to create the actual production art, you just have to be in the studio because uh, you have to communicate uh, with your team, mm -hmm. with the game designers, mm -hmm. uh, with the writers, with the producers. So you have, you, have to, have, you have to be able to communicate instantly with the whole team. And this, mm -hmm. it's really hard to manage. Yeah. If if you if you are doing this on from from the outside as a freelancer, yeah. So I so I totally understand that. Mm. On the on the, I think in case of illustration work and like uh, movie stuff, mm. it's it's much more easier. It's yeah. it's, it's much more much more flexible mm. because. Uh, uh, there's there's less kind of. Less studio-based stuff. It is just kind of meetings over Skype and communication through email. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and no, I'm just no, I'm just thinking, thinking why? Because it's probably it's it's more, it's it's much more specified the actual job what you are doing. Right. It's probably because of that. I mean, doing illustrations, it's it's a it's a loner thing anyway. So you basically you get a brief, you sit down and you create a. So that's much more artistic. You create a painting in your in your own, mm. and that's it. Yeah. Okay. You, there's there's a sort of back and forth. Uh, so there are feedbacks from from the clients. Mm -hmm. They pick the the, comp, the best composition from the five you you gave them or something. Yeah. And uh, but in, movie, in movies, uh, it's also like uh, because you are working with the with the production. Most of the time, you're working with the production designer or the director. Mm -hmm. You, you don't necessarily have to communicate with the whole team like in games. Yeah. So it's more it's more about there's there's a high vision uh, and the production designer or his assistant talks to all the other all the other guys, right. talks to the set uh, set supervisor, talks to the I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's, it's more it's more it's more separated. There's more of a yeah. A community feel in a game studio because you can just walk up for your desk and talk to one person over, you know. And I think um, game studios tend to be smaller as well than film productions because film productions yeah. are infinitely scalable with so many departments. But um, exactly. with games, obviously, everything's handled within one building, within one floor, within one set of desks. So, um, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. No, no, so, no but basically what, what we are doing usually is uh, we do... So we do, we do daily... We do dailies, uh, so like in case of in case of film production, mm. we usually meet with the with the director or production designer mm. 
it's it doesn't matter it's it's on Skype or in person mm-hmm. uh, usually once a week or or maybe once every two weeks right and uh, and then we talk through all the tasks what's what's ahead of all the tasks ahead yeah. in like till the next meeting mm-hmm. and then uh, and then we do we just we just do daily deliveries so we start to work on those tasks and and just do daily deliveries and and then usually we, we send the daily in at the end of the day and we get feedback till the next morning right. what is what could be like just a couple of scribbles on, on the artwork or a couple of sentences it's really easy to uh, to give feedback yeah no and for it, them as well because yeah. and is that is that um have you been doing with your studio maybe even just recently have you been doing more film production than game stuff or is it a balance or uh, it's, it's, it's a funny thing because I, I really would love to work more in, uh, in games with the studio, but, but somehow we, we ended up doing film work like 80%. The rest is what I said, like illustration and, and like we have stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why it happened. It's just, it's just sort of happened, yeah. but, but probably, I... probably also because what I, what I was uh, telling you. Yeah, like two, it's, two more, it's more in house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's more in house. So, okay, there there are studios who are, who are outsourcing out some art as well, like uh, bigger bigger companies. But that's but that's more for uh, uh, really the promotional art stuff. The first, or? the first, the first visual. Oh, the pitch stuff. Yeah, the yeah. pitch stuff and the first to to create the actual world before before. Yeah. anything starts or yeah. or like really big games like for assassin's creed yeah. or, or stuff like that because no, like, they, they need so much art that yeah they, it's, it's they sometimes a... sometimes cannot produce that much yeah no i mean definitely i mean there was a few i mean even just my time at access recently um there was a few major studios under that they worked with where they were basically either outsourcing them to do particular scenes or cinematics or um in the case of um riot they were doing a whole you know, hero reveal cinematic for them start to finish. Um, um, so yeah, it's, it's a very common thing I think with outsourcing studios is that um, it can be either or. You can either get a small portion to do or like an entire thing, you know, an entire production. Mm. Um, and I think like you said with the game stuff, it's it's more prevalent with games because obviously like you said you've got to be in the studio, but um, films has that thing where it can separate art away from the other parts of the, the company. Um, especially like Atomhawk, you probably know Atomhawk in Newcastle. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so they were industry workshops, but you know they were talking about um, well the stuff they could talk about, but just you know the most recent was like Guardians Two that they worked on, um, which we found funny actually because um, we went as like a team in access to go see the film and it came out and we were kind of laughing at the end of the the credits where there must have been about six or seven <laughs> different studios that had all contributed towards like the VFX. Um, yeah, you guys like Framestore and that and NPC. So yeah, yeah, because usually actually usually what's happening now because they are. I mean, these big uh, VFX heavy blockbusters are so need so much visual effects and so much work. Yeah, they basically all all the all the studios are working on them. Mm, yeah. So, so if you if you, if you look at the credits like Guardians or whatever, there's they they they're gonna be MPC. There's gonna be Wet. Yeah. There's gonna be Frame Store. Yeah. Etc. And and another. So they're like. Yeah. five six seven bigger studios around the world and they're all working on on these because 
none of them uh, would be able to to finish all the work on its own. Yeah, by themselves, yeah. I mean, that was funny as well, because years back, I remember watching, um, I think it was at the time, DC Universe Online, um, you know, with Superman and Batman, they had a big, huge uh, cinematic reveal trailer thing that came out, um, mm. either E3 or whatever, and I watched all the way at the end, and I thought, Blush Studios? Who the fuck is Blush Studios? And uh, the end... <laughs> You, you don't. I didn't know about. I mean, it was funny even up until I started um, my university course. I didn't even know who Axis were in Glasgow, but um, mm. they're even a, a this kind of huge international entity now. I mean, I was even listening to um, Ash Thorpe's podcast the other day, with, and he was talking to uh, Sava, one of the guys who runs IFCC, mm. and um, they were talking about Axis because Sava's actually um, directing for them across their Axis now because of the IFCC short, um, which was incredible, obviously. Mm. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, there's there's these small studios just dotted all over the and like the thing is, I knew about your studio, but I didn't know obviously you'd done production work on films. So yeah, there's lots of these smaller studios kind of dotted throughout Europe that work freelance for these companies. Uh, yeah. How how did you get involved within film? Then was this something that kind of happened by accident, or did you have a contact? Or um, well, basically, it's it's uh, we were we were just basically the the right place at the right time. So, so what happened is I, I moved back uh, from the UK, and then uh, I had this uh, uh, old friend of mine who was uh, who was an art director before. He was he was more more coming from uh, from the advertising industry right. side, uh, and then so he was working at uh, Leo Burnett, uh, what is one of the one of the one of the major uh, bigger advertising agencies in mm-hmm. Europe, and he was a, he was an art director there, and then moved uh, moved away and became a freelance art director. And he was also doing like uh, uh, layout design and uh, uh, keyframe design and, and storyboarding for uh, for TV ads and and, and TV shows. Yeah. And and when I when I came back from the UK. We just sat down and and uh, we started to talk about to actually like do a next step and and join. I mean, get together, do a studio, and just slowly slowly build up something. At least that's that's what we do. That, that yeah, we're gonna there will be like a slow transition from freelance. Uh, we we we're gonna try to yeah. channel through our freelance work to the studio, and mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see how it goes. But the funny thing was that it it picked up so quickly that that became our our full time job, and now yeah. there is a six of us yeah. already. Yeah. So uh, so I know I, I just <laughs> anyway I just I just wanted to so basically what happened is when we started after a few months later there there was a big uh, uh, film industry boom here in Hungary because they built like two, three huge studio complexes around Budapest. Um, there's also like a, a tax rebate uh, for for film production. Right. Okay. Uh, so and that's why a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of the big Hollywood movies movies are coming coming to shoot here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are really well, really good equipped big studios. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of uh, uh, Lot of good uh, locations around Hungary, so you can you can get castles, you can get forests, you can get whatever. Yeah. So basically, they were 
they also shot uh, the new Blade Runner movie here. Oh, right, for, yeah. For, for example. So the whole movie was, was shot here, beside mm. the past. Uh, the new Robin Hood movie. So anyway, well, uh, and, and uh, so some people knew that I uh, that I moved back from the UK, mm. and they approached me to 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 start work on a TV series with Darsam, mm. with Darsam Singh, yeah. uh, uh, as as a as a full time concept artist for the series and. But basically, uh, I said, "Okay, look, we just started. We just we just started this company. So, if so, we can start work work on that. So basically, uh, we managed to to start work on the series as a company remotely, mm-hmm. and uh, just just meet with the with the production designer just uh, once a week." As I said, and it worked pretty well. So that's basically how it how it started, and it's just picked up from there. Right. Yeah. And then that's just obviously you know through work has led from like another job, then another job, then another job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just kind of snowballed. Well, yeah. it's it's, uh, it's kind of tricky because you know there's always these uh, like NDA. There's this NDA period. So basically, what we can show is usually like from two years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the rough. Uh, so, like, usually one and a half, two years is the minimum. Right. And in, mo- in most of the projects, we, we can't even say that we worked on <laughs> on that project until <laughs> yeah. it comes out. Yeah, so yeah. It's, so it's kind of tricky, but but I, um, so we just launched our website uh, a couple of months ago, and we just got to a point where we can actually start to talk about the stuff, uh, what we have been doing no, it's, I mean, it's the same with, I think, nearly every industry, the outsourcing stuff is that um, until the studio's ready, then you can't proceed past them because they hold all the cards, you know, because they are, you know, the studio Warner Brothers, Universal, whoever it is, um, are the guys that, are the guys that, um, are the guys, yeah, that basically you're saying, you know, start and stop and whenever. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, as a, a lot of this industry, I think, is right place, right time, and and contacts and networking, and it's, it's kind of things I want to dive into more and more and more detail. But talking about right place, right time, um, it's time <laughs> for a, time for an ad read. Um, so we just take a couple of minutes just now to talk about Procreate because they are actually okay. helping uh, sponsor. Oh, the... can I try grab a bit of water? Yeah, yeah. Meantime? You can refill all ad read and you can take okay, your time, Mark. Cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh. We're just going to take a couple of minutes to talk about Procreate. Um, so Procreate are sponsoring this podcast. Um, they've kindly um, lent their skills and, and free versions of the app um, for our listeners. Uh, if you guys don't know, um, you know, of course, you're responsible by Procreate, um, which is an Apple design award-winning digital paint and illustration solution. And it's designed exclusively for iOS um, at the moment. So yeah, you can get that on the App Store. Uh, Procreate, if you don't know, it allows you to create professional good artworks wherever you are. Um, with an advanced dual texture brush engine, um, a robust layering system, a groundbreaking canvas resolution, and this is all for five ninety nine. That is, of course, UK pounds. Um, you can find Procreate through the App Store, of course, if you own your Apple iPad or iPhone. There's also a pocket version of the of the app, uh, or you can go to the website, which is Procreate.art. Um, and you know, we met the guys at industry workshops um, again this year, um, Matt and Nathan, and it was great to meet them. Yeah, and and try out the new Procreate because Procreate Four is obviously launching very soon. I think at the time of recording, it will be out, um, and it comes with a lot of brand new features um, that are exclusive to 
the new Procreate 4. Um, I was just talking earlier to Mark about um, you know using Procreate um, and seeing the guys over the weekend that they had at their booth, um, like Nikolai Lockerstein and a couple of other guys who are now working exclusively with Procreate, are doing professional work, content work for studios, um, movie studios, game studios, and it's all through iPad, um, which I think has came about with stuff like... Um, you know, you can get up to 16K canvases now, 8K canvases. Um, you can also work within layers, layer masks. There's now bleeding brushes within it, you know, dual layer texture blushes. Um, one of the coolest things, obviously, about Procreate, I think, is that it saves every single brush stroke. So, um, you know, Nikolai was talking about how he's not lost a piece of work in the last five years because everything is so well saved and backed up to iCloud. Um, but also because it saves every brush stroke, if you hit the playback button, you can play your entire painting back start to finish. Um, which walks you through every step, which is good if you're wanting to stream that stuff to a website or Twitch or YouTube or Facebook, um, or you know, speed speed painting uh, stuff for gun mode for lessons. Um, it's quite good, obviously, for that. And the interface obviously is great as well because you know there isn't no there's no real interface. It's all through touch. Um, it kind of takes that out of the road, so that you just get back to naturally painting. Um, especially with a lot of the the wet oil brush or the wet brushes they have now in the new Procreate Four. Um, because it mixes just like real paint. So when you paint, um, of course with colours, it all mixes in real time, um, like traditional paint, like acrylics and oils. So so yeah, so um, thanks to Procreate for sponsoring the podcast. Um, if you guys want to win a copy, we have two codes to give away. Um, if you like and subscribe to the channel and either iTunes or YouTube, uh, leave a comment below of why you should win a copy. Um, we'll pick a winner at random in a couple of weeks and you'll get a free copy of Procreate through the App Store. And thanks to Procreate. So yeah, um, yay, yay, fantastic. Back to you. Um, <laughs> but um, and and also also uh, a quick shout out to um, Firestarter magazine as well because um, they're obviously just um, giving us help with sponsorship as well. Um, Firestarter are a, a community magazine um, that is spearheading the the industry just now, um, basically bringing awareness to all the events around the world. Um, the Firestarter magazine, I think the, the first issue was at IFCC that was launched, and the second issue will be coming out. Um, in a couple of weeks at Playground, Playground Festival in Eindhoven in Holland. Um, I'll be there at the event um, helping launch it. Um, and obviously I'm in the magazine interviewing Max Berman. Um, you'll probably hear this as well at the time of recording. So as soon as the magazine goes into print and is getting circulated around Playgrounds, um, the, also the audio interview will go up at the same week. Um, so you guys can check out um, the magazine and the interview um, at the same time. So yeah, thanks Firestarter. Um, so yeah, everything will be all below in the descriptions, and uh, you know, feel free to check out our sponsors. So, Mark, back to it. Um, yeah, so yeah, where were we? Where were we? <laughs> yeah, your illustrious film career—that's where we were. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious as well with the, the, the trend of um, starting your studio. Um, I mean, the, the, I think the plan was for this to kind of go into two parts anyway, because I'm aware of your time, but, um. If you could just briefly talk before we finish about um, like the studio in general, um, why did you feel it was a better fit for you guys starting the studio as opposed to going maybe working somewhere in a studio in, a, in, a, in an existing company or you know somewhere else? Uh, good question. I don't know. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, uh, honestly, I, I I I sort of tried to create something what was sort of a, some sort of an in-between mm. between freelance uh, and between, a full between studio. freelance and, and and working full-time in a studio so right. I, I because I've done I've done both mm-hmm. both a couple of times and uh, I I really like the 
the freedom and the flexibility of freelance work right or, or being a freelancer and uh, and just the var- variety of works what you can get as a freelancer right yeah. so the projects are much much changing much more rapidly yeah. and what 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 is really great to to keep you fresh as as a as a creative person mm-hmm. uh, but i also i also like working uh, working in-house because I really believe in working in a team and, and right, working yeah. together with people, uh, getting inspiration from other people and getting constant feedback and con- constant constructive criticism from, from, from your peers. So I, I love, I love both. Right. But, uh, and, uh, let's just sort of see the, the next, logical step to to try out i i, I honestly i i never imagined it it's it it would it, it's going to pick up so quickly because yeah, yeah i mean really we, we started two years ago and uh and now it's we are basically like a full-on working studio with uh, like okay we are still s- small but we are six of us and we just uh joined we just moved studio we we uh, basically teamed up with a with a, a similar sized uh, small animation studio, so we are in a bigger office office space now. Cool. Yeah. Uh, just the two two small companies, and it's I mean it's perfect combination as well. But so I, I never really imagined that. I thought it's it's gonna be okay. Like it's probably gonna be a few years till we can slowly move from doing freelance stuff to doing the actual studio work and yeah so it's uh it's a it's a funny thing but I, but i really really enjoy it because it's uh because i i pretty much have what i what i just said before i have uh, i have the flexibility of of being my my own boss and yeah. it's freeing uh, yeah see it's definitely better for i think um so, work life balance yeah. yeah, and it's and it's not it's and it's not really like so we are not like okay you have to be here at eight and eight to six yeah. kind of so oh, it's not God, like that kind of jobs. Yeah. so it's not it's not we are not that kind of workplace. Yeah. So if you if you have to sort out something in your life, then you just go on and do it, and, and yeah. that's it. You, you come in, you come in uh, pretty pretty much when you when you want. But the only thing what we what we are really uh, serious about is is meeting the deadlines for the client. And, of course, yeah. And that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's it's very. I mean, just speaking from the one studio I've worked in so far in, in this industry, because I'm still a student, obviously. But um, yeah, access are the same. They have um, no hard and fast rule about you know being anywhere on time as long as long as the the work is met to the standard that they want. Then you know, well, I mean, most people are in the studio from ten o'clock in the morning to six at night. It's it's kind of how most of the, the company runs. But yeah, because know. but but that's that's how your how your life is. That's that's how people work usually. So yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, we are even even if uh, even if we don't have to come in mm. uh, by time, but uh, all of us are here around nine ish or right. ten at yeah. the latest, and yeah. we are here till around six, yeah. seven tops. Yeah. I mean, we, so, we we used to just try and come in in the morning because we had the stand-ups in the morning. So when you had a stand-up, you wanted okay. to be there in the morning to kind of go over what you were doing right. for the day and what other people were doing. Um, so it's good to because then when you come in past that, it was usually like, 
oh, well, what am I doing? And, oh, what are you doing? And I can't, did you finish the thing from yesterday? And But then when you're coming in and you're doing the stand-up in the morning and it's like, right, okay, well, mm. that thing's done. This needs to get done today. Can you do that? Yeah, that's cool. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's, it's a good thing. But I think because you offer that freedom, people obviously... It's weird. I'm going to kind of go on a tangent here, but quickly, I'll just talk about um, a documentary I just watched with Michael Moore about the Finnish um, education system and how students there are, are treated more like adults than um, than like kids. So, uh, like a simple thing, like most kids or, or teenagers who are in the Finnish schools don't need a pass to go to the toilet. You know, they can just get up and go to the bathroom if they need to, like because they're adults. Mm. Um, whereas obviously in American schools, you like you have to ask permission, you have to get a pass and then go out to the toilet and get a check. Mm. But yeah, it, I think when you offer people more freedom, they want less. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you, you're kind of giving people like free reign. I think, to... they, I think they started to, to do something similar at, uh, I think, Virgin. Right. Uh, they So basically they introduced, you can, uh, you have as much uh, uh, holidays as you want. You right. can go to you can go to you can go to holidays whenever you want. Uh, the only thing is that you ha- you have to uh, tell I I don't know like a month in advance to your or, or a couple of days in advance to to your supervisor or whatever. Right, right, yeah. And they just realized people actually taking out less holidays than than yeah. uh, they they got before. So they 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 not go they not disappearing for months. Yeah, they going they going away for a week or two. Yeah, and uh, they come back much more recharged, and yeah. and that's it. Everybody's yeah. happy. Yeah, it was it was the same in the documentary because a lot of the places he visited were basically it was like Scandinavia and Europe, and mm. he talked about like even in Italy, one of the Ducati factories he visited, how the guys give all their employees in Italy two hours for lunch every day. Like they go away at like twelve, they come back at two, but they get like a full two hours lunch. But you know the you know um, Michael Moore was saying that the guys who owned the Ducati factory, they were like, you know, you could just give them half an hour for lunch and. And like mm. no paid holidays and and no benefits, um, and make more, so much more money. And the guy was like, "Well, why why would we do that? Because if we treat our employees better, then they want to be here more. They want to work harder for the company, and they take exactly. less sick days. So yeah, that, it's a whole movement. I think just now, I think we artists is is it's trying to the overarching thing I'm trying to say here is that it's something that still exists today, which I don't think should is that artists are kind of I'm not trying to say that they're treated like shit, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're, they're an expendable asset to a lot of people, and a, a lot of the culture um, I've seen in studios is sometimes where if somebody speaks up about something, they'll say, "Well, that's great," but there's twenty guys at the back here that want your job, um, so you have to do it. And it's it's mm. it's a thing like um, more like overtime that you have to do. You have to come in at the weekends. You have to stay late, and you're not getting paid for it. Um, and and a recent conversation, obviously, was also about um, unpaid internships because you're mm. volunteering um so oh, that's, yeah. that's kind of a that's kind of a tricky tricky subject because yeah. uh i mean uh first of all i'm i'm absolutely against uh working for free yeah so uh, <laughs> uh so but, are a lot of people yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh so the funny thing is that uh we actually we actually had some interns for free mm-hmm. uh, at the studio, yeah. and um, and it's a, it's a, it's a really tricky thing seeing this from from the other side yeah. as uh, as as I don't know what to call like a company owner or whatever. Yeah. Because uh, basically, what's what's happening is usually who are 
uh, those guys who are coming uh, for an internship, mm-hmm. we we uh, we couldn't really use them as. Uh, oh no, no, it's it's really it's really hard to. Like the... so, you so you're, you 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 don't hire an intern uh, based on what what he knows. You mm-hmm. you're hiring. Uh, them based on their potential, yeah. but you don't you don't really know uh, what they're gonna become in like a month or two or three. Yeah. So basically, it's uh, it's it's a, we we always felt that it's basically an investment from from us mm-hmm. into them because uh, because they are and and um, and then I, I I've, uh, I'm I'm just. Uh, going to talk purely about the business point of view. Yeah. So basically, they are not they are not producing any effective uh, profit for the company because yeah. they are not at the level where where you can bring uh, bring them into uh, into a serious task or or a serious job. Yeah. So that's that's one thing. Plus, uh, you have to uh, the seniors. In the company, usually have to spend time with them to educate them. Yeah. So that's that's a minus on our side. Yeah. And the minus on, on, from from their time. Yeah. So we are basically uh, not. Uh, so what what we experienced it it was a funny really funny experience seeing this from the other side mm-hmm. because basically it's uh, so if if I see it from the business point of view then we basically spending money yeah and uh and it's really hard to to justify that uh on top of this i want to pay these interns yeah because i'm I'm spending money on them anyway yeah even if 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 they don't and and of, of course there is there is the possibility of if they turn to be good after or we see the potential mm. Uh, in a month or two, then we we probably gonna hire them as juniors. Yeah, that's that's a totally different story. Yeah, yeah. So they are they are working towards something. There is a goal. Yeah. But but I but I wouldn't hire. Uh, so I wouldn't hire some some intern to work for me uh, for free who is already a professional or yeah. or already at at that level. Even like a junior yeah. level, if you felt something yeah. was they could come in as straight as a junior, then you could. You yeah, could exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then because we hired we hired juniors before uh, without any internship period or anything. Yeah, fair. But we but we had uh, a really cool guy who was an intern uh, in our studio a year ago, and mm-hmm. then after he was an intern for like a bit more than two months, and then we we hired him as a junior, and now cool. he's already almost like a sort of a mid-level so it's oh cool um, yeah. he's picking up really fast and creating yeah stuff. oh that's awesome that's really good and then, and then i think that that's what i was trying to talk to people about is that so it's not no 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 just just no no, no i was gonna say it, it, it's a total balancing act so i think you should be there as much as it, it profits you as well like it, you yeah, you grow exactly. from it yeah but then when you feel like you're either stagnating or the company isn't wanting to take you on then you have to think right then you leave now and Go back and either improve my yeah. portfolio. No, basically, or, basically yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm just telling it's, it's not, it's not really a black and white situation. So, yeah, totally. So I, I, I sort of, uh, I, I sort of understand the, the companies as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, 
I know about a lot of companies who are re they are really using people like yeah. badly and and keeping keeping in uh, like young guys for free for like six months a yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's so that's not cool. But no, nah, yeah. But uh, in a, in a way, I, I I sort of understand, and, and I that's that I for me that makes sense because it's basically. Uh, if I if I want to translate it, then it's basically a free art course, and you you work on, and you work on uh, real uh, real life projects. Projects and stuff, no. And I think that that's that's the harder internship to get is one where you feel you can grow, and I think that's why I've been struggling so much throughout um, my art career. Um, I mean, because when I left my job at, at the engineering firm to go pursue art, I think I'm probably one of the the few types of people who kind of need somebody not pushing me but you know saying like okay learn this and then maybe look at this next and then maybe put, like somebody like you know the old masters used to learn like with da Vinci and stuff you mm -hmm. would learn under a master for months you would you know you'd be cleaning their brushes for a long time but then you would watch them paint and you would understand how they use the brush and mm -hmm. so I, I, I think that's something that you try and look into in the next year especially um i know there's a whole th a slew of people doing paid internships now um darkens one of them that i really liked actually one of the magic artists and um yeah, yeah. There's, there's a whole kind of gambit of people doing that now and I, I really need to think I need to invest in something like that because um, I find it really hard to learn by myself a lot, you know, a lot of the time, right. you know, just self-motivation. No, 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 and... no I, I understand. I mean, it, it works for some people mm. uh, to, to actually like uh, just sit down and watch tutorials and work on his own. But for some people, it's it's just much better. You to, need that motivation. If, if, there, if there is somebody to, to motivate you. Yeah. Um, yeah. on everything I, I was also doing some uh some mentorships before i just uh, i just had to stop because I, I i was also teaching as well yeah but i just uh i just don't don't have the time, the time. actually yeah. we, we have we have done uh with the, with the other guy from the studio we have done a, a course at the at the local design university right about visual visual storytelling uh. so that was that was cool yeah. we might we might gonna do that again but yeah. I think that's the, that's the eventuality of all, all artists. I think is when you get to a certain point, you want to give back. You want to teach yeah, them. absolutely. Yeah, and th I mean that that was a whole point of your book, the, the the behind the pixel kind of thing. That was that was the reason you had published that. Basically, was to it was like a, a user manual on start to finish how to become a concept yeah, artist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that, well, that that was the main goal. I I wanted to put together the that book uh, just to basically I wanted to put together the book what I what I what I wanted when I started out. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Basically, because I didn't know anything about the industry, and oh, that's, no. and that's, uh, just just to put everything everything to place. And mm -hmm. actually, what was really surprising, and and I'm I'm super thankful to to all those artists who are all the guest artists who are who are in the book because, I mean, it's not just some people don't know that but it's not just it's not just me but it's yeah. like another 35 artists uh, from the whole uh, entertainment industry who have done tutorials uh, and provided me extra artworks for the book and yeah. I'm, I'm super thankful because I mean I know these guys uh, most of them in person yeah. some of them just just from online yeah. and uh, I just I just I just wrote basically like a like like a I think it was it was not even an email. It was probably like a Facebook message, like a group message. Right. Hey guys, I'm I'm planning to put together this kind of book, and I would be super happy if 
if it wouldn't be not wouldn't just be about my own shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because, oh, because obviously, like uh, art and learning is subjective. So the more input you have, in yeah, that, yeah, there. exactly. So I, I wanted, I wanted more point of view, and mm. basically, the the funny thing was that uh, you know I, I wrote to like thirty five guys, and and I expected okay if I if I get response from like five or ten, then I'm super lucky and I have some extra artworks. But yeah. I actually had answer back in all the. Th- 35 of them in like two hours wow and i was absolutely absolutely stoked Lord, yeah yeah but that's so, good though because i mean um it's st- especially for stuff like industry workshops and playgrounds and thu like it's almost like we're a family and the art industry especially in europe is quite small because i mean thu attendance is like what like a thousand two thousand people um so i mean like it's, it's yeah thu th- like it's massive now. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I was, I was so good. I had the chance to get a ticket this year, but um, I kind of passed on it because I was like, oh no, I haven't got the money, and it was actually going really <laughs> cheap. And I knew that it's, it's went away to somebody else. I was like, oh shit, I really could have went. Fuck, it would have been good. So, uh, but no, <laughs> d- definitely next year, definitely next year. Andre, next I'm, year. I'm coming, Andre, I'm coming. But um, but uh, no, the no. funny thing, the funny thing was that uh, that I actually. Uh, I was there from the very beginning, and I think I was the first one who bought one of the first tickets yeah. from the very first two DAU. So yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was there three times, and I just uh, I wanted to be there this year as well. I just I just couldn't because in, yeah. because of, of the baby. Yeah, I actually boy. I actually had to had to pass on the industry workshops as well. Yeah, that was I, a- I was yeah I was invited as a to doing like two lectures, two industry workshops, um, but. I just had had to cancel it because it was it was too close to yeah. to the due date of the baby. So life gets in the way, man. That's what happens. Yeah, you kind of plan. Well, that's right, things. but yeah. but next time. Yeah, definitely. Next year, next, next year you're gonna be there. I'm holding sure. it. I'm holding it to it, Mark. Um, <laughs> so I'm just I'm just gonna kind of wrap at the moment because I'm aware of your time for getting back to see your, your little one. But um, I think what Mark's plan was for the podcast is that you're gonna come back and maybe do another talk. Um, maybe expand on more subjects. Yeah 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 so so we'll do that definitely so you guys keep tuned this will be a two-parter or a three-parter we'll, we'll decide as we go down and we'll see we'll feel out or or basically this this was like uh, we can handle this uh, as, as, as an introduction or yeah. or something yeah and i think i was thinking actually the best would be if if the listeners uh could come up with uh, with questions or topics what they would like to hear yeah, absolutely no um, no totally. and, we and just we can just we can just speak like Two or three, three four, five, yeah, and, and, uh, and go through them and talk talk about that. Yeah, totally. I'm 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 totally up for that, Mark. Yeah, whatever you've got time for. Um, so what we'll probably do is, um, you guys can leave. If you're on iTunes, it'll be a bit more difficult because you can only leave reviews. But if you go to um, the YouTube channel, you can leave comments below this episode. Um, also, I'll try and put a poll up on the Facebook page. Um, to see if people can leave comments and questions there. Um, and then yeah, we'll get back to this. But Mark is obviously a bit more adjusted with the yeah, baby Well, uh, yeah, it's I, I'm gonna be a bit more busy in the in the next couple of weeks, but but I think uh, because of the baby. But I think after that, I would be happy to yeah. to do another session. Yeah, totally. I'm up for anything you're willing to do, Mark. It's, it's all appreciated. So so yeah, guys. So keep tuned. Um, Mark will be back. Um, we'll continue this talk. I hope what you've listened to has been great so far. Um, just to thank Mark for taking time out of his night. I know this. No, is thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's a pleasure, man. Absolute honour. And uh, and yeah, guys. Uh, remember to like and comment below um, to win a code for Procreate. And we will catch you in the next episode. And uh, thanks. Bye, guys. Bye.